And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. We're here giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Streaming live at richarddugan.com, as well as podcasting both at richarddugan.com as well as on the radio shows page, but also on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and a whole bunch of other places that I just cannot uh, keep track of because people keep, they keep reposting the interviews uh, in other places. And I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. First of all, because I'm a one-man band of sorts, one-man band from the standpoint of producing and hosting this show, but not in terms of, what this show contains. I couldn't do it with the hundreds, if not thousands of people that I have interviewed over the years uh, who have contributed to this program. Someone has told me, Richard, you know, you need to start doing some transcription. You need to start maybe putting together a book about these interviews. And it's like, well, why don't people just go and listen to the podcast? Why, why is that a problem? <laughs> who knows? Maybe one day I will do that. But uh, not today. Today we're going to dive into a program uh, that we hope you're really going to jo- I am. I am going to because it deals with, well, basically what I'm surrounded by right now, and that's technology, which also helps us uh, to, uh, to, to keep this program going, both through the recording as well as the uh, uploading, if you will, of the, of the programs, uh, as well as um, uh, doing all of the other stuff, and also... In in keeping this program supported financially, using PayPal and Patreon uh, to receive your contributions, your support, which we greatly appreciate. I say this almost every time to those who have supported us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to those who will who are going to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, the type of uh, the type of support we've been getting. And I, I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate it. Uh, also, uh, we are going to tell you about where you can find out more about our guest and uh, the website where you're going to be going to continue your evolutionary process. And uh, we'll give that to you shortly. But first, we're going to introduce our guest, who is the author of a book called The Technology of Intention. How do you like that one? It's basically activating the power of the universe within you. Oh, now, does that not tie into this year, 2020, the year of perfect vision or what? I told you this year we are going to be focusing on the most important part, I believe. Let me put it that way. Let me rephrase that. I believe it's the most important aspect of my life. Do I do it all the time? No. I'm not I'm not uh, proficient, if you will, in it, but I do try to remember. uh, And that is going within, seeking that guidance, listening to that still small voice. And sometimes it's not for guidance. Sometimes it's just to calm me down, to bring me peace. Well, our guest is going to calm us down. Kim Stanwood Terranova is my guest. She's the author of the book. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. It's great to have you with us. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Richard. I love how how grateful you are in your intro and welcoming. Thank you. I'm honored to be with you today. Thank you. Well, you know, in spite of, or maybe because of, where we are in as, and I'm trying to come up with some new phrases, but I haven't come up with anything new yet, <laughs> these times, Yes. the ultimate... Um, 
vehicle, if you will, to get us through <laughs> these times, mm-hmm. I believe is really gratitude. Yeah. That that uh, I, I, I actually produced a, uh, a promo for this program, for the pro- radio program and podcast, that uh, uh, basically says that, you know, we're looking for, uh, we know, we're, we're, we're uh, wanting to change the world. You know, that's not to say that the world is an awful, terrible, icky, we got to get the heck out of here place. No, <laughs> this is a great, still a great place right now, even as we speak. That doesn't mean that there isn't room for improvement. Now, I will even go this far, uh, Kim, and to say that the world right now is perfect. Not good, bad, right, wrong, light, dark. It just, it is. We're here. We are. And to me, that is what perfection is. Uh, I did this wonderful word search years ago on the word perfection from the Bible passage. um, Be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And I thought, Mm. what the world? Well, he's not good. He's not bad. He's not right. He's not wrong. He's not left. He's not right. Uh, Of course, that is subject to interpretation by some Mm -hmm. folks. But I say in the grand scheme of things, being omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. And uh, I thought from the Old Testament says, I am. I am. And that's Mm. perfection, just to be. And the earth is, and the universe is, and you are, and I am. And that's perfection. And we yes. need to we need to be grateful for that and thankful for that and appreciate it, and at the same time realize, yeah, uh, I need to fortify that wall. I I I need to dig uh, deeper furrows uh, um, furrows in my garden to plant uh, other v- fruits and vegetables. I need to do these mm-hmm. things. I'm just tweaking stuff. You know, there's nothing wrong with the way it is now, but if mm-hmm. I just tweak it a little bit more, oh, how much better it might be. Uh, and yes. it may not. It may not. But that's how we learn. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When we start from the standpoint of we're grateful for this exact moment, no matter what is occurring, we're still grateful. We're then in a position of, of massive choice because we're in an acceptance of this is where we are. We're grateful for it, whether it's challenging, whether it's joyous, whatever it is, we're standing in acceptance of this is the present moment where we are. Thank you for this moment. And now let's begin again. So it's a really powerful place to stand because it's not playing in any stance of victim or stuck. It's staying in possibility. Yeah. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I say, uh, and I say this somewhat tentatively because I, I try not to put judgment on these kinds of things or duality. Let me put it that way. See, that's the other mm-hmm. thing, too. Perfection isn't dual. There is no duality mm-hmm. in perfection. It just is. <laughs> And mm-hmm. if we are perfect in that respect, there is no duality. And as I said it before, unfortunately, there are those in this day and age um, who are still in the victimhood. It's somebody mm-hmm. else's fault that we're in the mess that we're in. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the it's the Democrats. It's the Chinese. It's the Russians. It's the Jews. It's the blacks. It's the whites. It's the this group. It's the that group. Uh, it's the elite. It's the nine. Uh, the, what is it? The one percenters. It's the, you could spend the rest of your life <laughs> listing everybody mm-hmm. else who is at fault. Mm hmm. And never accomplish anything. And and I actually know someone, sadly, who basically is doing just that, blaming Uh. everybody else Mm -hmm. and not taking responsibility 
for their part in it. Uh, and I'll, I'll share you a brief story here because uh, I want you to jump into this as well. Um, and the story goes like this. I was talking with one of our programmers at this station. He's a very conservative individual. Uh, he wrote this book about how uh, the liberal left-wing democratic progressive mindset is actually a mental disease. Now, that was his perspective, and, and, and uh, I, I, that's how I, I would say that. That's his point of view, and he's entitled to it. But what I found interesting was when I, I, I talked with him off air about this, I says, I got two things I want to bring to your, your attention. Um, first of all, um, don't you think that you owe those people, <laughs> those people you wrote this book about, don't you think you owe them a debt of gratitude? Because if if they didn't exist and they weren't doing the things that they're doing, you'd have nothing to talk about. Nothing. You'd have no show. And the other part is, and also, if things are this bad and you think it's their fault, uh, don't you think you bear some responsibility for the fact that they're the ones running the show as as you claim? Because you didn't get your people out to vote for your people to get the right people in there to make the decisions where things would be, from your perspective, better because you'd have your like-minded people in those offices. Isn't that, that's your fault, too, because you didn't do your job. So, you know, it's like, take responsibility. Don't, don't blame other people. And I know one gentleman who calls himself a watchdog. Well, what's a watchdog do? He just sits there and watches, right? That's all he does. But he does. What does he accomplish? Right. Nothing. And taking uh, responsibility is a challenge for many. Yeah. We know that because to, to take responsibility, we must be fully prepared to really look at ourselves. And <gasps> no. Yes, and that can be a very interesting journey that a lot of people want to avoid. And I welcome it because that's how we evolve and change is can we observe ourselves, not attack ourselves, but observe and aim to have conversations where it's not about right or wrong. It's about let's have a conversation that expands our consciousness versus being right or wrong, you know, because then we could grow with an expanded consciousness. Kim Sandwood Terranova is a woman of passionate power uh, who assists individuals with experiencing true inner greatness and unlimited authentic joy. She has, she has been dubbed. I love that. And I, when I read this, I thought, really? Uh, she's been dubbed the chiropractor of the mind and the master teacher of intentional living. I'm curious as to uh, what kind of, of massage uh, a chiropractic table you lay the mind out on uh, to crack and snap it. And Because I've had, uh, uh, I used to have regular chiropractic adjustments, which actually felt really good. I, at first, I was scared to death of the noise. And then it was explained to me what that was. Well, I would do the same thing when I would crack my knuckles, which drove people mm -hmm. nuts. It's just releasing the nitrogen that's between the joints. But anyway, to move on, uh, also, uh, Kim holds a license as a, practic a practitioner, I love this, of truth from the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles and has also um, earned a bachelor's degree in spiritual studies. You know, I have to say, uh, first of all, the, there's a great joke I heard by Woody Allen once. He says that uh, he was taking a course in metaphysics 101 and they were taking the final exam and he got an F because the teacher caught him looking into the soul of the student next to him. 
Um, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, I asked this question of one of my other guests, uh, and I'm curious as to your perspective on this. Define for me, from your perspective, from Kim's perspective, what is the definition or the difference, if you will, between the truth and truth? Mm, wow, what a question. <sighs> the truth exists within the center of each of us, I believe, and I believe it's our connection to the Most High, whether someone, and I honor all paths to what someone names that, God, Spirit, the universe. Our truth is that connection that is absolutely authentic, rich, and present at every moment, every breath we take. So truth principles of peace and love and forgiveness and and expansion and kindness are what we get to be led by and our own truth we get to lean into that field i call spiritual technology that connection within that reminds us lets us know that oh we are guided supported and lifted always by the presence and are we listening to the presence Mm. i've heard it said that truth is only truth until it's written down. Hmm. Your thoughts? My thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. I think that lots of beautiful things are written down, and I think that so many things aren't written down are expressed verbally and mind-to-mind and heart-to-heart as well. So I think that truth is it can be more than expressed. I think it is lived. I think that there's a difference, and this is switching and languaging somewhat, but I believe it's in the same context between knowledge and wisdom is that knowledge can be a lot of information written down that we study and understand. Wisdom is when we live it. So when we live the words that are written, when we live the truth within our soul that, that we are seeking, then then we're, we're absolutely applying deep wisdom because we're willing to live it, not just know it. Mm. And that's a, that's a deep practice for me because it's important. I want to not just speak something, I want to be able to live it and experience it and understand it and assist others to do the same, because that's that connection to the Most High that I feel is so rich that I never want to miss. I don't ever want to miss one moment of that. And that takes practice. That takes willingness. That takes vulnerability, open availability to take responsibility and keep looking at our lives and continue to be willing to evolve. There's a gentleman that I have been wanting to have on my program for a long, long time. Haven't been able to secure it. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. you might be the channel. Uh, and that is Michael Beckwith of uh, the Agape Church down in Los Angeles that you are affiliated with, that uh, yes. uh, you've gotten your coursework through and so forth. And um, he wrote your foreword. He has written the yes. foreword to your book. And again, folks, the title of the book is The Technology of Intention, Activating the power of the universe, the universe within you. I used to ask this question at the end of the program to my guests. I've mm-hmm. switched those up. I have three different questions that I will be asking you at the end of this program. <laughs> but this question I used to ask, uh, uh, and that is, and I'm going to put this to you based upon that aspect of the power of the universe within. How powerful are we? Mm. I believe we're powerful beyond measure because we're absolutely connected to Source God Spirit. So I believe we're absolutely powerful beyond measure. I believe that there's so much we still have to access within that is here to shift how we even move to our world, especially right now. 
especially right now. We're all in our wonderful little pods, and we have the choice to grow, evolve in them so that when we reenter the world, that the unlimited power that we've been cultivating, that we live it in kindness and generosity and awakenness and connection and onward. I believe we're completely unlimited, powerful beings. How did your spiritual journey begin? My spiritual journey began years ago when I was in early days of college and I was going through some massive challenges in life. And I love to always remember that Reverend Michael says it this way. He says, you're either pulled, uh, you're either pushed by the pain or pulled by the vision to your spiritual expansion. And I was definitely pushed by the pain. And through being pushed by the pain, I was introduced to a spiritual belief system, the science of mind belief system, and began studying and started to truly wake up inside of all the possibilities and pathways of healing. When I moved to Los Angeles, I then was seeking out who would be my teacher so I could continue to study. And that is when Agape was just being formed. It was it only been um, began a year before I got there, got to LA, and I found Reverend Michael and immediately started studying with him and have continued to uh, my entire adult life and now teach with him and and teach his, his books and I'm very 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 honored to continue to grow right next to him. What about your upbringing? Was there any influence there or was it only after you reached, as they say, the age of accountability that you began to maybe raise those questions? I had the questions growing up and in my family, there was there wasn't an organized structure of going to to church. It was open to I could go wherever I wished and experience whatever I wished. And the joy of that was I was plopping around trying different things and thinking, what fits? And I was also very young and naive to all of it and definitely was on my growing edge. And I I embrace it now knowing part of that growing edge was there was challenges that I had to move through that brought me to to this availability um, of science and mind spirituality, which I'm so grateful for, those challenges that were hard that brought me there, as I am so grateful for the challenges that have occurred in life recently that continue to assist me to grow. And when we can be grateful for even those, mm-hmm. we know they're, they're a portal for our expansion, for us to really practice, live, know something bigger than the circumstance. So each circumstance in my life continued to give me the opportunity to be more, practice more, and allow that deep wisdom to come through me and, and, and really seek it and the guidance to keep growing. I have struggled for the last few years with the concept of duality. Struggled meaning although the ancient wisdom teachings that I have read over the years, and I've been on mm-hmm. my search since I was 17, I'll be 60 in June, uh, mm-hmm. is we came from the one. We are going back to the one. So why in the Sam Hill are we in this dualistic world? <laughs> but as I, uh, as I iterated, <laughs> as opposed to reiterated, uh, earlier, mm-hmm. um, there is no duality here. Even the Hindus in the in the Bhagavad Gita talk about uh, the fact that this world is nothing but a, an illusion. Mm-hmm. That that this isn't real. 
None of this is real. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, we make it as real as, as it is. And we choose to mm-hmm. buy into, if you will, uh, what we're being shown, what we experience. And it, it certainly feels pretty doggone real from our five senses. But then you go back to the definition of perfection, Mm -hmm. and I get where you are coming from uh, in that regard, Um, Mm -hmm. but to to maybe go to that expanded version of just being, there's no duality there, then Mm -hmm. there is no duality here. You and I, we might be talking, and yes, there might be a positive and negative on a battery and those kinds of things, just because that's Mm -hmm. the way things work here, but that doesn't mean that our mindset has to be there. And there's a big difference, if I'm not correct, if if I am uh, if I'm correct, there is a big difference mm-hmm. between being happy versus being sad, and finding peace and calm and joy. Those to me are can we call them say neutral places to be? Because if if we can find that peace, peaceful space that we're not being swayed Mm -hmm. by our emotions, nor Mm -hmm. are we being swayed by our intellect, which today is being challenged on every level because who do I go to? Um, uh, Who do I listen to? Uh, John Denver in one of his songs says, I listen to the words they say. I read what I should read. I do whatever's right to do. Try to be what I should be. And, and and we're supposed to listen to, to our elders because supposedly they're wiser than us. But there are some elders out there that are idiots from my perspective. <laughs> my logical brain says, no, that makes no sense. Uh, and I'm sorry, folks, for bringing this one up. You do not inject disinfectant into your veins to kill the COVID virus. And why anybody would even verbalize that. On a national news press conference, I have no idea. But the, the the point I'm trying to make here that I want you to talk to us about in that regard is why it is so important to go within instead of, and even if my parents, who are in their late 80s, I consider them wise, give me information— I just don't accept it carte blanche just because they're my parents Mm -hmm. and they're in their late 80s, (laughs) you know, and they've lived many years and have lots of experiences. I have to do something different. Talk Mm -hmm. to us about talk to us about uh, vetting, shall we say, the out the external experience that we're having through that internal. Can I call it filter? I know exactly where you're at, Richard. So the internal, that internal is what I'm aiming at in the book. That is our spiritual inner technology that we have within us. And as we study many pathways to different, you know, whatever we name it, truth, religion, spirituality basis across the globe, 
there's a familiar thread that within coming back to center and you named it how do we come to peace the inner peace within not looking at outer circumstances for fulfillment yes we find joy and happiness and giggles in outer circumstances as well as challenges and pain and if we have our inner technology activated with practices that keep us centered in a changing world then we're not knocked off in the reactionary patterning that can cause us trouble reactionary patterning can look to others for the solutions versus coming within and when we have a real solid practice of whether it's meditation prayer intention work visioning journaling whatever it is for each individual and i believe we each get to look at what gets me back to center back to whole back to listening to the sweet small voice within for inner guidance as I go out into the world intentionally to stay centered, grounded, available to gather information, but always bring it back home and come and check in with where does that fit here? What do I know to be true here that I don't have to rush out to point to someone being wrong as much as I get to come back and again live in wisdom to, okay, where does that get activated within me? So the inner voice, that inner space is our access to the technology that we have within that keeps us balanced in a really active technological world. And it's necessary to keep coming back, which is why these tools to me are so vibrantly important and I love them so much. It's the key to stay centered in a really changing world. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's changing faster and faster. Time is, seems as though it's moving faster and faster. Although I will Mm -hmm. continue to acknowledge the fact that that is a human mental construct. It is not Mm -hmm. the reality of the universe. There is no time Mm -hmm. in the universe. Um, Mm -hmm. Folks, the, the book that we are talking about and the work that she, we are talking about with Kim Stanwood Terranova is The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. And uh, some of the, the headings here, the power is within you. There is also the big I intention, intention versus expectation, the three uh, power pillars, the pearls of the journey, cracking the shell, my journey. That's yours, of course, Kim. Mm-hmm. Train of transformation, save, saved by the practice. And I'm going to save the rest for later. When you talk <laughs> about the, the, the practice, the, the rules, the, mm. the guidelines, if you will, for this process, I have even heard, I thought this was really funny when I first heard this, that um, even cavemen had technology. And of course, when I think of the word technology, I'm thinking of solid state <laughs> technology, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and yet animals. I mean, what, what, what was it um, some years ago? Uh, was it Jane Goodall, I guess, who was, she was looking at the apes and this group and that group and the other and started to notice how they started to develop their own technologies. I think one uh, mm-hmm. they showed where they found this stick and they stuck it down mm-hmm. in a termite hole and the termites mm-hmm. got on the stick and voila, you've got termite shish kebab. <laughs> um, where did that animal, where did that creature learn that? I mean, how did they know who, the first one, not this guy, mm-hmm. but the first one I- who learned how to do this, where did they learn to do that? Uh, same thing with uh, cavemen and let's say the clubs and hitting an animal mm-hmm. over the head or something. Um, and so on and so forth. Where did, I, I joke about um, artichokes. I love them. They're great. 
But so I, I want to know who the heck was the the the, the brainiac that thought that uh, eating an artichoke, <laughs> let alone heating it up, cooking it, steaming it in water, uh, to right. soften up those little little ends of the leaf, uh, thought that that was a good idea, uh, because to me, it's like. <laughs> I can't even ima- I cannot imagine even walking through the wilderness and coming across that plant and thinking, "Hey, you know that that might be pretty good to eat. Let's let's try some." Uh, you <laughs> but know, that's the beauty of expansive and limited knowing. That's the beauty. You may not think about it. I may not think about it. But thank goodness for the person who did, because that is where when we're honoring each other's path and really tuning into back to the question of, yes, it, we are unlimited beings. Who thought of that? Not sure, but so grateful they did, because that blessing continues to bless us all. And mm-hmm. those are those insights that keep popping up within each individual right now. Like there's that kind of thinking, knowing, sensing is available to keep popping up within each individual in this moment and onward. How do people find you on the Internet? What is your website? <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. It is Kim Stanwood, And on in social media, I'm on Facebook as well as on Instagram. I'm at Kim Stanwood and I would love, love, love to have people follow me lots of things are occurring right now that i'm very excited to share we encourage people to go there we will be linked to your website kim stanwood terranova.com is the website as we link with all of our guests so that people can continue their evolutionary and a transformational process we're going to talk more about that as we continue here on tell me your story new paradigms for a new world i'm richard dugan do me a favor stay there we'll be right back And welcome back to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, hey, thanks for staying there. We're glad that you're with us here on the program. Uh, Both me and, uh, is it Kim Stanwood Terranova and I are here with you. Trying to use the proper grammar here. uh, Trying to raise the bar just a little bit, Kim. That's what I've been doing ever since I got into this business in 1979. Uh, to try to raise the bar intellectually. Uh, I have a couple of pet peeves. One of them is when you're giving out phone numbers, there's no O in a phone number unless you're spelling out a word from the number pad. Okay? I'm sorry, but that's... I'm going to remember that. Yeah. There are no O's in phone numbers, okay? And if you, if you use it, I'll find you. Hunt you down like the dirty dog that you are, the grammatically incorrect... And then when you introduce yourself, I mean, when was the last time you spoke in front of a large group of people and said, hi, this is Kim Stanwood Terranova. You're the one saying that hi, to an audience filled, an auditorium or a, a stadium filled with people. You wouldn't say that. Hi, I'm Kim Stanwood Terranova. Right. I'm and, appreciating your pet peeves and they are going to resonate and be remembered. Yeah. And yet and yet. In the news media, you hear that all the time. <laughs> and this is Richard Dugan for CBS All Access. It's like, give me a break. Where did you go to, where did you get your English uh, education from? Journalism's a whole other story. English, where, where did you, I learned this in grade school English. And then I didn't care much for it in high school. I actually opted out of one year of English to take a year of Spanish. Should have stayed in English. 
Uh, but then I, <laughs> <laughs> but then I should, but then I took English in college. And I remember the first day when they went through the syllabus, you will be writing five essays. Oh God. S I don't even know what an essay is, let alone how to write one. When the course was over at the end of the semester, what a blast I had. I mean, I got to tell you, I learned so much from that process. That is what we're talking about. And it, it, I have to say, I'm going to use the word, it transformed my life. So let me ask you, let me ask you, how has your life been transformed through this process that you certainly outline in the book as well as on your website and in through the seminars and talks and so forth, but um, that you have used? How has this transformed your life? Mm, Richard, thank you for asking that question. I feel like this process the power of intention and the activation of it has changed my life and continues to change it every day and i welcome that so it is the key for me to accessing the in that that place within of spiritual technology to create and and truly know that i'm co-creating at all times is that as i'm using intention whether it is and I've mentioned this in the book, where there's really challenging times. There was a chunk of, of time in my life where my children had multiple um, physical accidents and challenges right after one after the other. And I was in the emergency room more than I was home. And even in times like that, I was always what got me there was in the entire drive to the hospital would be, you know, what is my intention? What's the power of my intention? What is my prayer? And I'd be guided by these tools so that I didn't arrive more frantic in reaction. Of course, I'm not ignoring it was challenging, but I had tools to keep me centered in a reactionary world. When it's when challenges occur now in life, I have tools to keep me centered and I I love that because it gives me a place to keep knowing, oh boy, we're right in the front of this, whatever it is. If I pass a car accident, if some, if I get a call of some, something that is occurring with a family member, I'm able to activate, to ground myself in the midst of it and to access that place within and truly, really take a huge deep breath and think, okay, okay, okay. Even now, what is my intention now before I move forward? My home was taken in the, the recent Los Angeles fires, so mm. a little over a year ago. And in less than, you know, in one night, when I walked out in the middle of the night thinking, I just took one, you know, pair of pants, the dogs, a pair of shoes, that's it. And everything that my children and I had for our entire lives was gone by the next day, everything. So in that moment, knowing after I got myself off the floor and from, you know, the shock of it and truly thought, Oh, wow. What's next? What, what, what must I, what's before me now? Because I believe in the power of our questions. What's before me now? And what is my intention now? Because I've got to move through this. Hmm. And even me asking that question took me out of being stuck as a victim, which I do not call myself a fire victim. Some, I, did I experience a massive fire? Absolutely. I'm not a victim to it. I'm standing awake to know what's my intention now in that moment. What I heard was flexibility. Kim, you're going to have to be resilient and flexible to move through this. Mm. And at the time I thought flexibility, I think I am flexible. 
And a year later, when I had moved six times, when I had not sure where I was going next, how to, what's the process of rebuilding a house and where do we go until that happens? Flexibility was the key that got me through. So when I know now, I'm so grateful that I could ask that question. I'm so grateful that even in the midst of tragedy, I found places that I could be grateful that others were helping us, that there was a place of receptivity built in me because I'd been practicing gratitude and acknowledgement and appreciation for years. So when others wanted to help, I didn't turn it away. I was able to say, thank you. Mm. Thank you. I accept this help right now. And these, so transformation due to the willingness to apply the tools occurs every day of my life and i'm grateful and i welcome that so that at the end of the day when i put my head on the pillow i'm in awe of wow this was a a magnificent day and that wasn't based on did everything go my way (laughs) you know that's that is also an interesting point that you make the year that the uh, documentary or i well movie came out called the secret Yes. Uh, and I have the video at home. I have the DVD at home. Uh, read the book. Uh, talked with people on the program about it. I remember the first interview where it came up following the release of that movie. Um, mm-hmm. We were chatting and my guest said they, f- they left something out. I said, really? <laughs> he said, well, they may not have done it intentionally, but they left something out. Yes, there is the law of attraction and you went through all of the different aspects, the attributes therein. But the comment was made, what they left out was just because you want it, just because Mm -hmm. you want to attract it to you does not mean that it is in your best interest, that is part of your life's purpose, Mm. and that it will not harm you. Mm. And that was a real key. And that's why I think what you're promoting, what you're talking about here on the program today is so important because Mm -hmm. if we don't know what our life's purpose is, Mm -hmm. then how are we going to know what tools we're going to need along the way? Now, uh, if I am a brain surgeon, I am not going to Mm -hmm. collect construction worker tools. That makes no Mm -hmm. sense. No matter how much I would love to have a shiny gold-plated hammer um, or whatever it is other than the scalpel and the the, the monocular, the the, the lenses to be able to see deep down inside the brain or whatever it is or part. Anyway, and that's something that I think a lot of people have have really not really thought too much about, and that is just because you want it and just because you put your intent out there okay doesn't necessarily mean that that's for your best i mean don't our parents sort of act as our external intuition as we are children as we are little infants as we start growing up one and two and three and four i want to touch that stovetop i think that would be cool Now, sometimes Mm -hmm. we end up touching it and we burn our hands and we learn not to do that. But other times a parent will will stop us and warn us, hey, 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 you don't want to touch that. That would be very Mm -hmm. painful and 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 so on and so on and so on. You don't want to hurt yourself. We don't want you to hurt yourself. Now, 
I realize that there is that philosophy uh, uh, among parents uh, when <laughs> when they try to train their kids and saying, look, I don't want you to make the mistakes that I made. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that doesn't always work because sometimes we have to make our, we have to make our own mistakes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. to have our own experiences Experience. to yes, tell us, yes. I want that. No, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important to go within. Mm-hmm. Yes. You said something in there to do with our intent. Like sometimes we don't, like our intent yeah. is, is it being fulfilled, like when you're pointing to the secret. So I want to speak on that because this is really important, Richard. Intention. The chapter I speak about, like intention, is not expectation. Mm-hmm. It is not the intention that I'm aiming at is based, like the formula in the book is based in qualities, not outcomes. So an outcome is an expert. If that's when we're aiming on, I just want that. And it's outside of us instead of knowing, okay, the pathway from here to there. So say it's whether it's relationship. Then my intention, I would say to somebody, what is it you want to feel? What do you want to experience? What do you want to be? So that would be, I want to experience love and partnership, Kim, and passion and joy and adventure. Those, that's the intent, is that my intention yeah. is to call forth a relationship filled with passion, adventure, partnership. Not that exact person at this exact time. All that is not, to feel, that's not intention. That's, there's still control in that. So that's the difference when we really look at the tool of intention. It's all based in the present moment. It's based in positive terminology and it's based in qualities because the universal energetic field is responding to us and will take that and create miracles that are bigger than we can see with the human eye we have right now. The universe creates much more than that. They go, oh, wait, let's line this up. This intention works over here. There's this wonderful being that's filled with passion and joy and partnership. And this one, bigger than we could foresee because we're only, when we're doing it out of expectation or or an aim that we think there's one path to it, we're working with where we have used, not that we are limited, but where we've used limitation before, creating from what we've created in the past. Yeah. And universal source can is wanting to create so much more through us so that's the power of clear intentions uh something just came to mind and as i've said Mm -hmm. before the universe asks the questions i'm just along for the ride i only Mm -hmm. fought this impulse once very long ago doing these programs no no this has nothing to do with what we're talking about and it wouldn't go away so i had to I had to bring it out. So here I am again. Mm-hmm. Only this time I'm, I'm not <laughs> arguing. I'm saying, okay, hang on just a second. She's still talking. I'll bring it up when she's finished. <laughs> In terms, You're listening. I love that. Uh, well, I'm doing my best. I absolutely am. And um, now let me see if I can remember where I was going with this. I know that uh, intention, as we've been talking, uh, of course, is uh, is this uh, this pathway um, one of the aspects of this has to do with, obviously, uh, finding out what our life's purpose. That's the first, That's the first to me, the first element is you've got to find out what your life's purpose is. Now, that's today. It may change tomorrow, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have to wonder if the universe, in all of its uh, wisdom, also mm-hmm. acknowledges uh, the petition of intention 
uh, to the extent that uh, you can basically badger the universe. Okay. And eventually the universe says, fine. Okay, fine. If this is what you want here, it's yours. Now deal with it. Mm-hmm. I still believe, and, and even in these examples, that the universe, uh, the higher self, the intuition, it will never yes. guide you and put you in harm's way. Mm-hmm. It will if never do listening. that. When you stop. If listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, if you yeah. stop listening, you put yourself in harm's way. Now with this. The power of deep listening. Yeah. Now with mm-hmm. this situation we have in the world today with this uh, virus. And, mm-hmm. and it's the only reason why it's a huge concern is because we don't have a vaccine. And that's why, why mm-hmm. we're doing what we're doing and why things are shut down and this is happening. And, that. and I have to tell you that more and more of my list, more and more of my guests, they're thrilled. Not that the virus is is injuring and even killing people. No. Right. But that this is bringing about a change. We talk on this mm-hmm. program about finding those new ways of living. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? We have to yes. find them now. We don't have any yes. choice because if we if we start to get close to one another again other than immediate family that is living with us, then this could go on for who knows how long until possibly the entire species is wiped out. We yeah, I mean we just don't know and that's the big fear for a lot of people. Uh, I will quote John Denver once again, who said in one of his songs, <laughs> um, I love that you quote him changes some somehow frighten me. Still, I have to smile. It turns me on to think of growing growing old. Now, I took that wow. in in the 70s when I was in my teens, when I was listening to that wow. thinking, yeah, this will be I, I can hardly wait, you know, not realizing uh, all of the other uh, dualistic aspects of be- being an adult in this world. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time, thinking I have to outlive my great grandmother. She lived to be 100 years old. And wow. I, I, beautiful. Used, I used to tell her I used to tell relatives when we were at reunions. And this was when she was 95, I would tell them, and I was doing it. I was actually interviewing relatives, uh, and I interviewed her as well. And I said, I, I'm, I'm going to outlive her. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to live as long, if not longer, than her. And then I used to add to that each year of the reunions and say, not that I'd want her to do this, but, but she's making it really hard because she's still alive, <laughs> which was just fine. Um, so I still have another lifetime to go. I don't know if this... You and me and others talking about these kinds of subjects is going to be part of that f- next 40 years or not. But what I do know is that I am extremely optimistic about the future in spite of or even because of where we are today in this world. Absolutely. The opportunities Absolutely. are just unbelievable, unbelievable Agreed. because we don't know even what they are yet. Mm-hmm. That's got to excite you. Completely, completely, completely. We have so many possibilities at our fingertips at a time that looks like we just got limited and are all sequestered in our own homes. I keep having this vision when I sit and meditate of each of us in our own 
in our, in our own pods, in our own spaces, in our own cocoons, really, we have a choice to cultivate deep connection right now. And many of my clients are having conversation of, oh, it's such appreciation of working from home, such appreciation of more family time, wonderful, unique ways to connect with my children and my beloved, it, unique ways of appreciation of reaching out to a neighbor from afar. There's just a level of humanity that's stretching right now. I believe that if we continue to cultivate these wonderful pearls of wisdom within our homes and then activate through powerful tools to activate them when we re-enter, then we're living in an awakened world. When we all move out from our little pods, living the wisdom that we gained within, then we're living in a different world. And I know it's absolutely possible. And, and Richard, you may have to help me get that information across the world. <laughs> uh, do my, I will do my part. I will do my part. I remember now what exactly what it was that I was going to share. Expansion versus contraction. It was shared with me years ago uh, that not just on a metaphysical, but on a material world, when the world around you begins to contract, you expand. Mm. You expand. Look around mm-hmm. us today. There are people who are doing it probably unconsciously, but they're doing it by virtue of giving back to others to help them Absolutely. to make it through. Whether Absolutely. it's whether it's the first responders, whether it's uh, the elderly that are shut in in their homes and people are providing mm-hmm. food and this and that and the other, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that is called expansion. Whereas... Yes, Whereas when you take a look at the financial world, mm-hmm. when things go bad, I mean, look at what the stock market has been doing over mm-hmm. the past two mm-hmm. months. It's contract, mm-hmm. it contracts and then expands a little, then contracts a whole bunch more and then expands a little bit. And it's like, and then look at the planets doing Richard, the planets, the earth, oh the my water expanding. Wow. So exactly. So it's like, there's evidence as much as we can see the contraction we can also see massive expansion and it's where are we placing our attention? Because if we place our attention back to what you and I started at the beginning of this time is on gratitude. I'm grateful for this expansion. What can I learn in this expansion that can help me individually not contract? Because the second we contract, we, we shut in, we just, we, we pull up everything within us. And so right then we're living in limitation. It even takes my breath away to say it (laughs) because we're not, it's not that our hands are down and open and receptive to give, to receive, to merge our brain and our heart and to stand in a field of, I'm here to continue to expand and see possibility even when it seems limited because I know I live in an unlimited universal field. So, yeah. yes, there is that expansion and contraction and we get to choose where we stand. Absolutely. Uh, within the book... The book, by the way, is entitled The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. There's this cute cute little square, black square card. On one side, at least this is what it says on the card in my book. It is better to live your own destiny imperfectly than to imitate someone else's life perfectly. And that is from the Bhagavad Gita. The flip side of the card, the B side. I don't know, maybe it's the A-side. All the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. That is from St. Francis of Assisi. 
Mm. I like that. Uh, especially I went to a CC with Reverend Michael, and it's I, it's a very special place. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, tell us about that before we go on. Tell us about that experience. Standing in a CC in with with individuals who are open and available to pray with every step, to be awakened with every step, was profound. It was it was a conference that a peace conference that we were at. And we had meetings with His Holiness the Dalai Lama the day before. Then we took off on a road trip to Assisi, and it was profound and deep. And it's just tangible. The depth of wisdom in our history can, in my, I feel it rising up to the earth when I'm walking in sacred grounds like that. So it, it was it was beautiful, and mm. there's, the, and that I believe is all over the earth, all over the world. There are sacred places that we can, wherever we walk, is a sacred place if we really bless the ground where we are at. Whether it's there, whether it's here, whether it's where you are, is we have that opportunity. And I, I teach children to, can you, every step you take, can you bless the earth with your feet as if you're massaging it, so that it sends into the earth a vibration of peace and love. And we have that ability, I believe, responsibility, but whether, wherever we're at, to know that every step is sacred. And that just happens what I, that, bring, that warms my heart when I think of it. So thank you for bringing up St. Francis. I also love uh, one of the quotes from, um, if I have the, the name correctly here, I believe it was Teresa of Avila, who said that God is amongst the pots and the pans. <laughs> And uh, I, the only reason I know that is because it's a quote from my uh, metaphysical primer, uh, The Autobiography of a Yogi, which I started mm-hmm. reading at the age of 17, and I haven't stopped yet. I have it on my phone mm-hmm. to listen to. I found out that Steve Jobs had one book, one book wow. on his phone, and that was it. But oh, uh, Paramahansa talked about that. that. That's lovely. And I thought, wow. Um then regardless of where you are, if you're living your life on purpose, and interestingly enough, there are those uh, in the world of sport who, when they get in that zone, I think they're living their life on purpose, um, uh, that there is where God is. When, mm. when I am, whether it's doing these programs or whether it's producing for someone, creating audiobooks. Speaking of which, is the technology of intention audiobook yet? It is in the process and shall be very soon. Excellent, excellent. Otherwise, you and I would it's... have to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's an important piece of, of this next step, this audiobook, and also to get it into many languages, because I worked with clients from around the world who have said, please, please, we need this in our language. So it's it's all being birthed moment by moment. We're, we're very blessed that with the release of it from Amazon last week, it already hit bestseller in three different categories. So we're celebrating oh, every step of the way, oh, Richard, and knowing that there's more. Yeah. So it's coming. That audiobook is coming. Now, this also throws up, there are, there are. Um, I was talking with someone the other day and we were chatting, 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 and they said, oh, you need to write a book about these three or four pillars, the, these philosophies that you've developed and so on and so forth. I thought, Okay, well, I like just to share them, and it seems to work well for me, (laughs) but I may end up doing that. Uh, But one of them has to do with a core of this program. 
It is also the title of my book, which has been worked on since 2001 and still uh, not published yet, but eh, I'm getting there, called Choices, Five Steps for Life. Mm. Mm. Choices. Now, the initial choice here, when we talk about the technology of intention, is to go within, is to listen to that still small voice. That's the first choice. And yet there's a part of me that says, and once you've made that choice, you don't have to make any more choices again if you just oh, follow that really voice. But then there's the issue of free will versus mm-hmm. destiny. How do we know that? Well, you know, you. I, 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 I read this. I have this wonderful little book that was given to me by my mentor called The Impersonal Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it comes it's coming from God's perspective or the universal powers perspective or the universal intelligence perspective, basically mm-hmm. saying, you know, you think that, uh, you know, you have all of these choices, but actually I put those into your head. I created them and I gave them to you and you think that you make them, but actually I make them because I'm the one that's running the show. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I you know, that's and that's where I believe we're co-creators, Richard. Uh, we're co-creators. When somebody said to me, I got this, I got this. As much as I appreciate that statement, I would love it to say, we got this. Meaning Spirit and I are moving as co-creators. So yes, those choices, when when we go within and activate tools that assist us to really to really become expansive listeners, to really be open to to listening so that we're not choosing from just a, our brain or just our heart, that we're choosing consciously, that we're leaning into a presence, setting the intention. My intention is for divine clarity on this subject matter, whatever it is, whether it's this is my intention is for clarity on my purpose in life. My intention is to, to be willing to be shown my divine purpose in life. Well, then what that requires is once we let go of that, our listening is to be expansive so we can catch it as it comes. You said the universe asks you questions, and I also believe there's answers that come rushing forward. So it's how we language the opportunity to know I'm listening so much so that I'm creating the space for me to catch the vision of spirit so that I am back to where we were before, not being pushed by the pain, but I'm being pulled by that vision. That it comes to me, whether it's in a word, a language, a sight, something we just know within, but that we're interested in cultivating tools, whether, you know, sitting in meditation, creating a space to journal, to listen, so it comes through us. And that's our inner technology that we have the opportunity to activate, activate, activate. And it doesn't have to be, you know, someone say, Kim, I don't have time to have these practices all day long. And if, you know, if we just look at a couple and it doesn't have to take your whole life, we could have 20 minutes of it in the morning and 20 in the afternoon, or it could be two hours in the morning. It depends on who the individual is. It is what can be applied with ease and joy to each of our lives that keeps us awake. Keeps us awake. I ask people, don't go to sleep without writing your gratitude list and your acknowledgement list because you're going to sleep differently. You're going to rise differently. It'll take you less than two minutes. You know, when you wake up and you move out to just start stretching your body and think of what's ahead of you in the day. If you ask the question, what is my intention today? I know what I have before me. 
and then listen and then activate that. Oh, my intention is to stay centered in the midst of this full day or my intention is to connect with my beloved or my intention is to, to enjoy this interview today with Richard, whatever it is, we're stating it and letting go, stating it and letting go. And then our action comes from an inspired action from deep listening. We're talking with Kim Stanwood Terranova, the author of The Technology of Intention. Kim Stanwood Terranova is the dot uh, com is the website. We encourage you to go there. We will be linked to her website as well. Another element that I'm going to throw into the mix. And when I thought about this, I thought, oh, I'm throwing my own monkey wrench into my own philosophy here. What you just described is great. I love it. It's fantastic. And I'm hoping that I can continue that process in my life. However, there's a, there's a, there's a little analogy that I came up with. Uh, I started my career uh, in my first commercial radio station job working for a Christian station. Best job mm-hmm. I was ever paid for. I got to tell you. Learned a lot. Mm. And I didn't tow the party line frustrated the general manager like you wouldn't believe but be that as it may i came up with this analogy because i used to hear about you know you know doing god's will you know just, mm-hmm. you know it's 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 god's will that this happened that, that that happened i'm doing god's will blah. so i came up with this analogy there's this individual walking through this gorgeous meadow surrounded by tall trees and they have their hands cupped out in front of them holding if it were possible their personal will in their hands and they are uttering the mantra if you will i just want to do god's will i just want to do god's will i just want to do god's will and they toss it in the air they toss it up god catches their will but is moved to tears my god one of my creation wants to do my will oh wow well while this emoting is going on God's hands are compressing that individual's will down into about the size of a baseball. And then God rears back and hurls directly at the forehead of the individual in the meadow, uh, their will, like a 90-mile-an-hour Nolan Ryan fastball. Ow. And then utters these words. Then do something with the life I gave you. You are not a puppet on a string being manipulated by forces you do not understand. With that analogy, what's now the juxtaposition in terms of intention, listening Mm -hmm. to that still small voice, and free will? It's all in alignment because if if you said like that, that hardball is coming straight at your head saying, now do something with it, your life. That right there is requires listening. Then it requires inspired action. Which is where I said when we catch the listening and move into inspired action, as you know, many religions saying, you know, you pray and you move your feet. You don't stay put and expect something to be done outside for you. It's when we know that, oh, I'm living, moving in this, in this world by inspired action, living my practice, moving through the bumps when they come with as much grace as I can and staying on my vision to know I'm willing and accepting that by inspired action, I continue to move forward to create. Then I 
am using this life. I am using this life to touch others, to, to know that if my desire in this lifetime is to be of service to others, whether in whatever form that is, whether I'm a doctor, a teacher, whether I'm a bagger at a grocery store, that I'm of service to others, then I am on my path and let me do it with illumination. Let me be it with illumination so that I'm listening and activating this life, this precious life that I have by the inspiration that comes from within to guide me. Mm. I'm not looking outside and saying to someone else, you tell me what I should do or you tell me what I should be. It's coming back here and saying, okay, all right, God's spirit, whatever one names it, I'm willing that purest intention that I catch the vision that I am to be in this lifetime and know that I have the tools to create it and live it fully to the best of my ability. And when I, you know, hit those spots in my life, like what is mine to do? When a client came to me last week, upset about what's going on in the world. And I listened and then said, can I please ask you a question? I'm honoring where you're at because I don't want to ignore where you're at. And what is yours to participate in? So when we look at what's mine to do in the midst of this, we're participating while we're also staying connected to, to source and listening. But it's movement from inspired action, not from controlling what we have to do because of a should. I will now play the metaphorical devil's advocate <laughs> and say, Ms. Terranova, you have no clue what I've been through. My life has been an utter terror. I have mm-hmm. been abused. I have been terrorized. I have been blah, 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 wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. You don't have a clue. There is no mm-hmm. way that I am ever going to give up my personal power, my right to choose to some mythical thing that supposedly I can hear. Ah, interesting. So let me be clearer to this wonderful being. I definitely would not advise you giving up a right to choose. That's not at all what I'm pointing at. We are completely co-creating. I always have choice. And so do you. We always have choice. It's are you dancing with the divine and listening while you make your choices? Or are they reactionary from what you think needs to be done because you were taught that or because it's what the neighbors believe? It's we always have choice. We have a choice of how we're moving through this right now. It's where our choices have, do we have discernment in our choice to know I'm listening to the inner voice within and I'm simultaneously moving forward in choice, in action, but it's inspired action, not reactionary expectations. And I think that um, when we are... Maybe especially when we are at our 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 lowest. I was going to say peak. There's no there's no mm-hmm. peak in the low. There's a valley. <laughs> there's a bottom. I love what uh, uh, Robert Bly says about that. He says that that that, that you enter your catabasis, if you will. Uh, and when you do reach the bottom, there ain't no. As the saying goes, there's no place else to go but up, uh, <laughs> which is a good thing. And every incremental rise up, celebrate. And enjoy and relish. Mm. But even in the dropping down, celebrate and enjoy and relish. Because mm-hmm. as as much as I have said this many times, uh, 
I wish there were uh, a different way of building character than having to go through the crap that sometimes we've gone through in this material world, in this dualistic world. They say that that is part of what builds character. Uh, and it's one thing if you if you bring it on your yourself, you bring it onto yourself. That's that's one mm-hmm. thing. It's a whole nother dynamic when other people think that it's OK to bring it to heap it on you. You know, bullies sure. in school in particular sure. or in the workplace sure. or wherever. Um, so that's that's very, very, uh, uh, I think, very important. And I think it's also very important for people to pick up a copy of the technology of in- <laughs> into in- the technology of intention, activating the power of the universe within you. Kim Stanwood Terranova is my guest. And we're talking about this work. By the way, Kim Ter- Kim Stanwood Terranova dot com is the website. We encourage you to go there. We certainly hope that you will. Indeed, uh, investigate and research and and do all those good things that will help you out. Thank you, Richard. Kim, what about your family? What about uh, your um, relationships uh, of a, of a big and a small nature, from intimate relationships to um, acquaintances and associates and this kind of stuff, especially those who maybe have known you from the beginning and have watched this transformation? Have you seen? Those relationships, have you seen some of those just they dropped away because they weren't quite ready for what it was that you were you were peddling? <laughs> Interesting. I've actually seen them expand. I think when I first began and I was in college and would hand, you know, wonderful books that I was being so intrigued by and I'd hand them out to friends, they'd come back, hand them back and say, I don't know what you're talking about. This is crazy. You know, where now they look at me and say, can I have that book again? And can we have that conversation? Because as, as I continued to grow, our conversations do change. And I welcome that my level gets to, you know, I get to practice acceptance just as they do of when we love each other and don't have to make each other right or wrong. We just practice a place, you know, Rumi says it so well. Let's meet in that field that there's no right doing or wrongdoing. There is a field and I'll meet you there. It's I want to meet in that field. And so all of my relationships I would say continue to expand and I we lean into conversations. I'll say to clients, you know, some the the most difficult conversations, when we lean into them, that's where healing takes place. And I absolutely welcome that. And it wasn't that I was raised with that. It was it was there was elements that were quite opposite. And in that I thank my parents to be like, okay, we we grew together. And now we lean into much more difficult conversations. And that's the evolution that we get to choose. And mm. I'm always going to choose to evolve. And I welcome everyone that I walk with to as well, because I honor whatever pace they are and whatever pace I'm at, we're still all, there's room for all of it. And that's, that's practicing acceptance. In 2006, my wife and I experienced something that I, I described to her um, as a philosophy, if you will, of trusting the universe. She was very afraid of our future because she had just quit her job and I was just let go from my job because the station sold it and they weren't rehiring anybody from the old station. And her uh, her concern was <clears throat> that, uh, you know, we weren't going to make it. 
Well, strangely enough, I had no fear in that time. But the philosophy was this. Mm. When you are at the edge of a cliff, there are two things that you do. And I remember reading about this philosophy in a myriad of books, in some of the personal growth programs I had been through up to that point, uh, in the interview, many interviews that I had actually done up to that point. And the philosophy was this. When you're on the edge of a cliff, you do two things. You jump and you trust. And that's what we did. And right now, in this day and in this period in time, that's what people need to do. They need to jump and trust. And that kind of goes along with that whole concept of when the world is contracting, you expand. Yes. But the key, in my opinion, and I've been verbalizing this to my wife ever uh, throughout this period. Mm-hmm. Hey, the universe has taken care of us thus far. Do you think it's going to stop now? Right. I don't know how it's, it's going to do that. I, I, I don't. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We may use our last dime, but, you know, and, and I go back to the biblical passage where Jesus is talking about the birds who are nesting in the trees. They don't toil. They don't work. Look how they're taken mm-hmm. care of. And yet your heavenly father who created you mm-hmm. with with priceless value. How much more do you think he's going to take care of you? Mm. So let's talk a little bit about that trust. That trust. I love the way you said it, Richard. Trust to me is really leading into something that is so it's so internal and when we when we look at trust and i understand it's it's a it's a concept and i i don't i'm not saying it as the concept to me it's 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 a wonderful state and many people are challenged because they have a lot of evidence of why it's not safe to trust and i I always think of, you know, our very first lesson in trust came when we arrived on this planet. And the moment that we were born, each of us had the lesson of trust because we inhaled and exhaled. And we never were told there's not going to be enough. So you better just really hold on to that air. We were never told that. We were never told that this is how you have to do it. Talk to your lungs right now. Our bodies inhaled and exhaled the next breath and the next and the next. And we continually trust that without instructing it. (laughs) So we have trust was to me in our DNA. The journey can absolutely chip away at that. And that is a healing process of self-care to keep coming back. What can I trust? You know, I'll ask people, what can you trust? If you may not be able to trust this situation or that, where can you begin to build trust? Can you begin to trust yourself again? Can you begin to trust the, the, the moments that you do hear the sweet, small voice? What can you trust as you move forward? And when we start to really appreciate I could trust this and then I could trust that and I could keep growing in trust, then that muscle gets stronger and stronger. And you clearly in the compassionate, loving way with your wife are standing in trust and holding her through it. And that's beautiful. And there's times we get to do that for one another. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This whole 
uh, aspect of the listening to the still small voice. We'll, we'll just kind of codify it down. What do I need to do? Is there a test uh, to ensure that the voice I am hearing is indeed my higher self or intuition or divine self? Because you and I both know there are people who are hearing all kinds of voices almost all the time inside their head. And even you and I who will consider ourselves mentally stable, okay, <laughs> for the most part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no voices in there telling us to go out and rape, pillage, and plunder. Um, mm-hmm. But how do we, how can we be 100% certain that we're listening to, I'm going to say it this way, the correct voice? Yeah, I, I hear you, and I don't think there's a test for it. I think that the place of discernment, mastering discernment, is that sweet place within. If it's resonating with the highest good and it is not causing harm, <laughs> then w- that inner guidance, we get to keep having discernment. Is this what I want? Back to that. Or is this the highest good for myself and all concerned right here? Then we have discernment to ask questions to keep growing on our growing edge of it. It does not instruct harm. <laughs> okay. And that's the key you know, right there. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. It does not instruct harm and, and say like, you know, the, the examples you gave, it's not instructing us to cause harm. I do not believe that that is um, the presence within and that that instruction would be coming. Well, I have to say that that all of this is 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 incredibly uh, informative, but also important. Uh, and I'm hoping that our listeners will uh, take it in. We'll go to your website, Kim Stanwood Terranova, to find out more about the technology of intention, and then begin that process of activating the power of the universe within themselves. Um, yes. You know. Uh, and also, let's talk before we wrap things up here. Um, let's talk about our connectedness when it comes to this still small voice, talk to us about your perceptions, your perspective on it and our connectedness to one another at that deep level. Lovely. We... And I love that you said this is we want to make sure we touch this before we finish today. I truly believe that there is a vibrational connection because we are vibratory beings for each and every one of us across this planet. I believe that we are so connected. It's the belief of separation that causes us harm because we can feel that we could harm someone if we're not connected to them. We could judge them if we're not we don't, we don't have a connection to them. And when we base our connection not on being right or wrong, on really just understanding vibrational that we are humanity as a whole. We are one consciousness, one body of consciousness moving through this physical experience. We will find new pathways to honor one another. Separation keeps us in judgment at times because it's still someone is still out there and separate from us because they have a different belief 
And when we look at, wait a second, we can have different beliefs and do not have to be separate. You know, there's my, my brother and I have completely different political beliefs. And we know that we honor and love each other so much that we can have a different belief and still have a place to have a safe conversation. Have we worked at it and cultivated that? You bet. And we do not have to be separate to, to, to absolutely be right. We can know, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm highly aware, Richard, that we are connected with individuals across the globe. And, and that has been proven scientifically with prayer that we could pray on one side of the world for someone on the other side of the world that we've never even met. And there is an energetic effect. There's an impact. Mm-hmm. That in itself yeah. is, you know, is evidence. And I'm not that I have to seek evidence that we are connected. Yeah, but so, just just keep in mind that in spite of all of that, your brother is still wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In spite of all that. That's right. Yeah, He's wrong and you're right. You know, that's what's interesting uh, about where we are in this world today um, and looking uh, and observing and observing uh, those is powerful. Yeah, who want to be right. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to wonder, um, and, and I've, I've been there myself, I have, uh, I have to wonder though, wh- what is it that, that individuals are so afraid of that they, they will make everybody else wrong to make themselves right, even if they are wrong. In other words, mm-hmm. the earth is flat. And I will argue mm-hmm. until the day I die that the earth is flat mm-hmm. and you can't convince me otherwise. And yet we've got sufficient evidence, scientific evidence, to prove right. the Earth is a sphere. I was going to say round. It's not round. It's a sphere. Big difference. Uh, anyway, semantics. Uh, and, and, and it's like there's one element, though, that I find interesting that I've kind of come to, and that's this, in regards to being right or to having a particular philosophy that I follow and so forth. I don't have to justify my beliefs to anyone. You can mm-hmm. disagree with me. You know what? I don't care. I mean, in because, a way I do they're because they're mine. And I love, right. I love the, the, the aspect with the, when I was at the Christian station, they used to talk about this. This is the way it was phrased, a personal relationship. And yet I had people coming to me telling me based upon their observations that I wasn't saved. I wasn't ready to meet God. And I would throw that back at them going, well, wait a minute. What business is it of yours? I thought this was a personal relationship between me and God. Where do you come in to this equation? (laughs) So I think that's something that people need to realize You can believe whatever, if you want to believe and you do believe that the earth is flat, more power to you. You don't have to Mm -hmm. convince me because I have the belief and actually it's not a belief. I love what Greg Braden said when I interviewed him about his book on the healing power of belief. We talked about belief and he says that there's going to come a time in our evolutionary process (laughs) when we are no longer going to believe We are going to know. Now, that doesn't mean that science is going to support our position. No, no, no. It means that we, as individuals, are just going to know. Yes, beautiful. Love him. Yeah, yeah. 
trying to get him back on the program uh, too. He's a busy guy, and I've been interviewing him for over 20 years. Uh, and uh, he's a fascinating gentleman. Great insights. All of my guests, you included, have some incredible insights, especially in the technology of intention. And uh, you know, we've we've talked for nearly an hour and a half here on the program. <laughs> It's, 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 I love these long forms. I mean, these really long forms. Um, I know that my wife just absolutely loves to sit around a table and discuss these kinds of things with people. She, she yes, may or may yes. not believe what the questions that she's asking, but that's not her point. Her point is to elicit the conversation and, and to, yes. to learn. That's exactly right. If we all were aiming to conversation to learn more, it doesn't mean we have to change our opinion. We could still have our opinion, but to really be open to expanding our consciousness, yeah. because when we learn more, we have understanding, which leads to compassion, which is a beautiful thing. Richard, thank you for this today. Oh, thank you. You for are very welcome. You Kim Stanwood Terranova has been my guest. We're talking, we've been talking about the technology of intention and how you can activate the power of the universe within yourself. And we encourage you to do that. Uh, the the opening, uh, I shouldn't say the opening, the foreword <laughs> is by Michael Beckwith. And you also have a quote on the back uh, uh, that says that uh, you um, have a direction, a direct hotline to spirit every time uh, that uh, this individual sits with you. Uh, they learn something about themselves. And that is from Kenny Loggins, who is also a local yes. Santa Barbara. And uh, this is fascinating stuff. And again, I encourage people to go to KimStanwoodTerranova.com. By the way, just a side note here. There used to be a television program. It was short-lived. <laughs> um, uh, that was called Terranova. And basically yes. the premise was you're familiar with it. Uh, yeah, I, I remember the show. I didn't get to watch it, but everybody used to love and comment and say, isn't that who that show is named after you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for folks who don't know, it was a group of people who found a way, scientists found a way to go back in time, literally millions of years because they basically screwed up the planet. I mean, it was a mess. Uh, you know, with the pollution and all of this kind of stuff. And they found a way to go back in time to restart civilization. I thought, well, mm. that's nice, but you know, you're abdicating your responsibilities <laughs> to the time that you came from the present time that you came from, you should mm. clean up. And that's what we, and that's a beautiful thing. I love, as you uh, talked about earlier, what's happening to the planet as man is just sitting still. Now I read an article just yesterday, very quickly here that said, that in spite of the fact that we have uh, sequestered ourselves, if you will, away from work and we're not moving around nearly as much, uh, the carbon levels, the carbon dioxide levels have only dropped by about 5%. But they've dropped 5%. And so they yes. say, well, where's this stuff coming from if, it's, if we still got 95% of it? Well, guess what? We're all still home. We're at home, right? Mm -hmm. We're still using power. The power plants right. haven't shut down. Right. So that hasn't changed. But, hey, a 5.5% drop is better than nothing. And look at the skies and the water. Uh, yes. I mean, it's just it's just incredible. I, I love it. And we here in Santa Barbara, we got something that I can't remember in the 14 years I've been here that we ever had. And that was rain in April. It was shocking. <laughs> you know, we had it in March. A little beautiful. In March. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 quite extraordinary. It, it is. Thank you. You bet. Kim Stanwood at Terranova, I want to thank you again for joining us here on the program. Two things. Number one, once we're able to move about more freely, if you ever find yourself out here in Santa Barbara, we would love to have you in studio to continue this conversation. Beautiful. I will take you up on that. Great. And then two, I have three final questions. I mentioned this earlier in the program. And I'm going to ask these to you directly. You've probably answered them throughout the program, but I like to ask them directly. Uh, but before I do, the uh, I want to remind our listeners that uh, you can hear the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Player FM, Blueberry, and a bunch of other places. And you can also go to our guest website, which is KimStanwoodTerranova.com. Uh, Again, we'll be linked to her website at the uh, podcast location. Just click on her name or click on the little uh, grocery cart in the uh, SoundCloud player, and boom, you are there, and you can continue that evolutionary process. If you also would like to support what we're doing here, we have a PayPal and Patreon account, uh, and uh, we would take any amount. Thank you for those who have and those who will support us, and uh, I can't thank you enough on that. Here are those three final questions, the first of which is, who is Kim Stanwood Terranova? Who is? (sighs) Hmm. Hold on. I'm taking this as a very on, a very good question. Hmm. A being of light that is here to, to absolutely deliver her gifts and give them in abundance. And that may not be grammatically correct if you started <laughs> off saying at the beginning. And I'm surrendering to that. I'm surrendering to that because you're asking me a question that I didn't see coming. So I'm surrendering to the the bad grammar, but knowing it's the answer that came through. I love it. I love it. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing mm. now? Mm. My intention is to assist others to to know themselves so deeply and to give them the tools that work for them, that specifically honor them to rise up and live their own inner truth. And finally... What is your life's purpose? Mm, that that the same answer to number two, to to be the place where others can remember the power of who they are, because I'm standing right here shining the light on them, and they remember who they are. Because when we stand next to someone, um, Terry Cole Whitaker, a great spiritual teacher, said this. She said, when we truly stand next to a beloved that loves us so much that we fall more deeply in love with ourselves. And I love that. That's my intention. I want to stand with people as they fall back in love with themselves and activate their tools to give to the world. Folks, get your toolbox, your tool bag, whatever, and start (laughs) gathering up those tools because you're going to need them, but only get those that are, for your life's purpose, as uh, I have, I've been filling my toolbox for decades, and um, I've been using them throughout. And uh, I'm going to put them to good use as we move forward in time, uh, as as we see it. And again, Kim, I thank you so much for joining us on the program. This has just been extraordinary. Thank you 
so much. Thank you for being extraordinary and inviting me into your space. I'm very honored. Have a magnificent day. You do the same. I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast, love to lull.